Hey everybody, this is Brian, and Josh and I are embarking on some of our first solo episodes. Josh struck first, and he asked me to respond to some of his responses. This podcast started by two lifelong friends sharing their thoughts together, and we thought this would be an interesting way now to pull apart and start to hear our individual voices separately. I think that also helps you understand where we come from and then how our dynamic works together so you can understand your own conversations better. So here's where we're going to put in the theme music. So everybody, this is Brian, and welcome to Curiosity Continuum. We're an in- industry-innovating, non-traditional company passionate about growing wisdom in the next generation. We're the central bridge between the analog and digital worlds by building collaborative communities that unleash the power of adaptive expertise and innovation needed to thrive in the 21st century. We combine and mix essential elements needed to empower people to succeed in new ways, not up not possible outside of a creative, thoughtful, diverse community of fellow curious people. Follow us on your favorite podcast app to receive notifications of new content. If you like what you hear and want to dive deeper, please visit us at curiositycontinuum.com. Thanks for tuning in, and let's start the conversation, and today it's uh, me having a conversation with myself. (laughs) So, Josh had some uh, frequently asked questions that come to him. And he actually does get more questions than me, probably because I talk more and you already say, I already know that about Brian. I don't want to know anymore at the moment. I want to know about this mysterious figure named Josh, <laughs> who's on the other end of the microphone. Josh is wonderful. And we're going to start back in 1987. So he moved into town, our town of Monticello, Minnesota. He is a lifelong bad speller. Now, all the bad spellers in the world go, mm-hmm, I'm over here too. And I was one of those good spellers. So I'm always in the show notes and everything correcting the things that he writes. You don't want Josh being general editor for anything. Regardless, one of the first memories I have of Josh, besides thinking he was a little weird, and he has the same dance moves from uh, that era of his life that he does today, same dance moves, he spelled my name wrong on the Valentine's Day box. So Brian with an I, right? So sometimes you get brain. You just juxtapose letters. That's kind of common. And I get Brian. He's the only one that put Bran. B-R-A-A-N. <laughs> I still remember it to this day. I wish I would have kept it because it was the only one that actually spelled the entire name wrong. But I still love the man. We became friends. Uh, we kind of intersected more throughout elementary school. Sixth grade for us, which is the early 90s, was the time when we started to kind of become in close proximity with each other by the different classes. So the way that the middle school was set up in our hometown was that there were two different pods or two different teams. And so I ended up in Josh's eventually. And we spent more time. And a lot of the time actually was after school. I think his bus was the late bus. And my mom always picked me up from school. And so we had a chance to kind of hang out after there unfettered time and hang out and chill and talk and so those seeds of friendship were planted then and they kind of got cultivated and as josh mentioned there is the guys which kind of solidified in seventh grade and it was a sleepover uh josh was actually the first in the group of friends say hey why doesn't these four dudes him me will and eric why don't we all just uh have a sleepover now this was in the summertime after school and so he was first and that kind of solidified like, okay, this is really fun. And then I had one, and then Will had one, and then Eric had one. Or maybe Will was last, one of those. But that series of sleepovers from 7th grade into 8th grade really helped galvanize our friendship. And the one previous to that happened uh, before a summer. 
Josh had mentioned. But that really was a moment, I remember, where Josh and I really fell into a, a good friendship. And with Will and Eric, too, as we sat next to them in our first hour history class, which was Ms. Mann. You know, we were in the front row, and then Will and Eric were sitting at two desks, and Josh and I were sitting at two desks like that set. And that's how we got talking. So pretty fun. That's how some of this all began. And as we've gone along, we've had different life stages. You know, I moved away from Minnesota back in 2000. And so there was a lot of our relationship that wasn't like live and in person, but we had obviously the establishment of that in our life for years. And it's continued to this day. And we had a lot of conversations along the way. I was in Josh's wedding just by being an usher. And the reason being is because I was like, one of the friends that only moved away. So I was ushing people. <laughs> so I was there when uh, he talked about, you know, him and Mel being married for 20 years. Now, I have a funny story to tell you about this. Now, Josh is a very empathetic guy, but he's not really known to cry a ton, especially at that era of his life. And it was hot in the church that day where he was getting married. And I'm in the back. And I think like there's this moment where there's like the music portion where they're lighting a unity candle or something. And I see Josh wipe his eyes. Now, I'm in the way back. And I think, man, Josh is like having a moment and I'm getting misty. Come to find out he was sweating in his eyeballs. There was nothing, nothing misty going on. He's just like, I was sweating things off. I'm like, well, I just got misty over your sweat, bro. That ain't cool. But anyway, <laughs> I'm glad to have been a part of his special day with Mel. Um, to kind of turn the question, I have been married for 16 years. I'm in my 17th year. The way we calculate the year, whether we finish 16 and 17, was an ongoing conversation with my wife, Sabrina, and I in the early days, saying, how many years have we been married? I don't know if anybody else has shared that, but that was kind of our story. I have two children. Uh, currently, they are 15 and 13. So I have two teenagers in the house, and that is a very different life. <laughs> Those of you who have raised children, who have passed through that gate or entering that gate, you know, I love watching my children get older. I love watching their personalities emerge and seeing their talents come forth. It's so interesting. Uh, Isaac is the oldest. He's a boy. And Liliana's a girl. And uh, we just, it's a joy for Sabrina and I to watch them come into their themselves, if that makes sense. We have some, as parents, you kind of have the, the joy of your child getting older and, and growing up. And you also kind of grieve the fact that you don't have the child from last year. Like every passing birthday is a milestone going forward. And you're also reflecting on the child that was. And there's still memories that Sabrina and I share. We just still quote our children when they're babies. I understand why parents do that. It's like those things are markers in your mind about certain times in your life. So pretty fun. I was uh, an only child. So when Josh said he had brothers growing up, I was the only child. And now my wife is one out of eight. She's actually seventh in the order. So that was a real mind bender for me, being an only child to older parents. I was adopted from South Korea grew up in central Minnesota. <laughs> when I got married, there's all these people. It's like so many people. It's not like I don't dislike people, but that's a lot of people at like family gatherings and things. Primarily, I was uh, more, I was closer to my mom's side of the family than my dad's. And Sabrina's family was just like wide and sprawling. So that was quite the education for sure, kind of coming into that. So I do have relatives, none that are actually by name, or sorry, by like blood that I know. And that's a whole other adventure probably that uh, I think a lot of adoptees may look at to go, you know, do I ever want to look at pursuing finding my biological family? For some people, it's easier than others, depending on the situation. 
Uh, you know, Korean adoptees in the U.S. are kind of a whole other topic, which I'll set aside for later. But it's an interesting case study for sure, just to kind of see what uh, those people's experiences were growing up in the generation that I grew up in. So my relatives are all by adoption. It actually makes medical forms really easy to fill out when they say, fill out your family history. And I just say, N.A. And I cross off three pages of medical forms. I'm like, that sucker's done. And I'm moving on with my life. (laughs) I'll let the doctor tell me if there's anything else I need to know about myself in that regard. Um, So I have a funny story about my last name. If anybody who's known me for a long time, they look at my face and they say, oh, he's Korean. His last name is Shun, so it's kind of his last name. Well, no, not really. My dad's side of the family was Ukrainian. Four generations ago, the Shunskis came through Ellis Island. And to drop the stigma of Eastern Europe, they dropped Ski off their last name. So it became Shun. And Shun is a very Chinese-sounding last name. But there's a group of Eastern European Shuns that live in central Minnesota that I have no blood relation to that has a Chinese-sounding last name which I have no blood relation to. And I just happened to end up in the family that <laughs> that kind of last name. So there you go, folks. That's how my name came to be. So there's always stories about people and kind of what happened was. Um, Josh got the question also, do you have any pets? I have one pet. I grew up with dogs. I had cats. I'm not really a cat person. I like dogs more myself. Uh, we have a dog named Zena, and she is three years old. She's a lab German short hair pointer mix. She's a joy. She's very calm. She likes to talk to us. She has some husky in her, apparently, according to her genetic profile. The first dog I ever owned in my adult life, and very different than when you grow up with animals. We had children first. So Josh has talked about how his dogs, Olive especially, was kind of like their baby. Isaac was our baby. We got pregnant on our honeymoon. It was like bang, zoom, off to the races. So here we are. And we have a 15-year-old and 13-year-old, like I'd said. Um... So let's talk about, let me just turn a little bit, and let's talk about what is Curiosity Continuum. So we, Josh and I alluded to this in many episodes. We've said it overtly, and Josh said it in some of his initial uh, Q&A things. This was Josh and my conversation over text, over you know asynchronous voice chat, over phone, and we would just talk. And honestly, like in more recent years, it just kind of kept going and rolling. And as we kind of saw the world become more and more tenuous with one another, and you saw people, more and more ways that people could disagree or not try to work on something or not be creative in their problem solving, there was actually an inciting incident. (laughs) Make it sound really dramatic. Let me just redact that. I'm recording this in the morning. Generally record at night. So at that point, you know, I'm a little bit mellower in the day, you know, expended more mental energy. Right now I've had two cups of coffee and I'm feeling pretty spiffy. So forgive me if I'm talking a little bit faster than normal. I would encourage you to play this back at 0.75 speed, if that's a possibility, just to maybe hear a slower cadence. But Josh came to me in a conversation. He said, Brian, do people really not know how to solve the problems? And it was an interesting question. And you have to understand, Josh was one of the smartest guys I know in my life. Even if he wasn't my friend, I'd say that. He's very adept at figuring out situations, at reading people, at explaining really complicated things in very simple ways, in ways that everybody can understand. And he has like this calming effect on people, which is why I think probably people approach him more than me. I don't have that same calming effect. In fact, (laughs) when you hear the podcast, Josh has a calming effect on about everybody. I really am going to get him a t-shirt that says comfort human on the front 
And I'm gonna, when we walk around town, I'm just going to point to my comfort human as we walk into stores and restaurants. If you want to help fund this, please email us and <laughs> start like a, a Venmo account for him to go get this T-shirt and have them made. Anyway, regardless of that, I had been in the business world and Josh chose a different route going through um, you know, government and public service. And I was like, you know, people don't. And I didn't fully realize this until my adult life that there's a lot of times people need help solving problems, but they're only really taught a certain way to approach it or they don't know maybe what they don't know. It sounds really kind of funny. I know Josh says it and everybody's like, oh yeah, I get it. And I say it and I'm like, I need to talk for 25 more minutes. I'm sorry. I have some clients that they say that my phrase should be bear with me because I need some time to land the plane. I do apologize for that. That conversation with Josh was, you know, people don't. I've noticed this. And for Josh and I especially, this was just the language we always spoke. We were always trying to solve puzzles. We were always working together. We always would say, let's learn about that. And we'd go do it. Or we'd say, let's figure this out. You know, when Josh approached me, he said, maybe we should record this as a podcast. Josh was already listening to a lot of podcasts because he loves video games and he was participating in one already. And you know, listen to him throughout his workday. And I was not really like the podcast guy. And he said, we should do this. I said, I don't know anything about it. He goes, it'll be fun. I'm like, okay. And usually I'm like a fun loving kind of guy, but I'm like, I know absolutely nothing about this. And uh, here's how we we did it. Honestly, like some of the, the proof positive of what we do is you hear our early episodes and we're not nearly as slick as we are now. And just because we've done it by repetition and been consistent over the course of now entering four years, that were actually kind of pleasant to listen to, I think, and hopefully we don't say as many ums and ahs, and Josh's editing job has gotten way easier <laughs> on that whole thing. We have started, we started in earnest, and I asked my friend Calvin, who's an audio engineer, I said, how would you even set this up? Like, I don't even know. Now, you got to understand, I'm a musician, right? Like, I've, I've been a musician, but I haven't been my own producer so I've shown up with my instrument and played for other people and been recorded by other people, but I was never like the guy pulling the switches. And I'm like, Josh, I don't know all how to do all this, but I know people that can help us figure it out. And we did. And I said, well, where do we get a platform for podcasting? I don't know, but let me ask somebody who I think knows. I'm that guy that always asks a lot of questions. And as we did this, we're like, okay, let's figure this out. Now, Josh has always been techier than me, which is why, I, and he, once he learned like the machinations of how to edit and doing it. He does it very well now, but I have a better musical ear than him to be able to say, here's uh, some of the EQ and other things that we're trying to iron out in the beginning. So we started this, and our first episode, <laughs> I think we've recorded three times. There's actually another episode early on. We recorded four times. We were that terrible. We had to figure out an entire system of how to record this podcast. That's why actually one of the, the questions I get is like, how did you start? How did you know what to talk about? You know, we didn't know. And part of the reason why we purposely didn't actively market the podcast in the first year was we needed to see if we were going to be consistent about it. I didn't want to be a fly-by-night thing that publishes three episodes and then you're done. You get all excited, you spend all this money and all this effort to get people there, and then you drop them. And Josh and my heart is to really cultivate a community, to cultivate friendship where people talk, they can come in, they can go out. We want to equip you with tools where we're not telling you everything, but we want to tell you enough things so you, that you catch the concept and go apply it. 
And that's really like some of the things that we saw missing in the world is that people were more just being told what to do versus thinking for themselves in that or coming through their own adaptations and their expertise, not understanding the context in which they're being dropped into or feeling like they're able to do it. There are a lot of things where I didn't know I was going to be good at it till I tried it. Or I didn't even know I'd like it till I tried it. And some things you just don't know until you do. For Josh and I in this podcast, we enjoyed talking. And we're like, well, what if we captured the conversations? That's how it started. After we recorded for one year, we looked back and said, okay, what are the things that we talked about and where did people really find it interesting to listen to? That's why, as you've heard our podcast, it's changed from, you know, uh, here we are, we're people doing things. It's really grown into something where we want to instill the spirit of our friendship and have other people adopt that. Just very honestly, like we, Josh and I are very different and there are many things that we share and that's wonderful. That's a rich dynamic friendship based in uh, caring and loving for one another. That's a great place to be able to explore and be able to have conversations and share things that you maybe don't even know, fully understand yourself. Josh and I have even talked about our growing up as we've gotten older and now you have perspective as an adult looking back at that time. And it's really, really good to have somebody who's known you for that long to process those things. This has been uh, a lot of, for Josh and myself, some like some uh, talk therapy just as two friends are hearing it and you're hearing those conversations. What you don't see on the other side of what influences topics at any given time is maybe something that we went through, something that our family went through, something that a loved one experienced. And we're trying to work through that. And in those conversations, it's two, two people coming to the table trying to just be friends to one another and talk. That's our heart. And anything that we're doing, building on top of that, you see that at the core. Like, what do Josh and Brian really want to do? We want to encourage people to have the conversation within a community that helps them collaborate on different things and just to be friends. If you really look at the core of that, and friendship looks different in different seasons and things, that's important. That's something that we see missing. And that was something that was concerning us where there wasn't the depth of relationship there. So out of the outworking of that is where we have our next parts of our adventure when we're going to start looking at how do we build these communities around different topics? How do we mobilize people who maybe didn't feel like they had the loudest voice in the room to be able to equally contribute and lead in a way where there's many different kinds of leaders in the world. If you looked at Josh and you didn't know him any other way, you'd say, well, that guy's not a leader. It's like he's trained hundreds if not thousands of people in his career. He's set up uh, you know, he had more experience in computers than most people did coming out of college and being in the work world for six years, but before he graduated high school. But he doesn't look like that necessarily. And we've even been on phone calls and different meetings where people assume our roles are a certain way just by the way that we look, by the way that we talk, by the way that we conduct ourselves, by the way that we maybe take turns. But see, our goal is that uh, not only would you be able to hear our hearts and just hopefully enjoy the conversation, but that you also say, you know what, I caught that. I'm going to go see and be curious myself and apply it here, there, everywhere. When Josh said that there is more coming, there is, and we are working through some of the machinations of it. We'll share more with that as we go along. But I want to leave you with this closing thought. Um, you know, we, Josh and I now have the ability to kind of share in context all the things that have happened in our friendship, and you've kind of caught the pieces of it. Some of those things are thematic. Some of those are maybe one-off topics, things that are interesting to us. We, I think the last thing I want to 
talk about is this, is we've floated through different topics and things, and probably one of the next questions we should ask is, how do you come up with content? That's something Josh and I get, both of us actually get the questions of, how do you come up with a content list for the, for the next time? But in this closing thought, I just want to tell you that, you know, there are those weird little spots in yourself to go, I don't even know if anybody's interested in that or why that's valuable. And we're here to tell you, I'm here to tell you, that those things are what uniquely make you. And they're also the things that the world needs in order to be creative and innovate and do fun things and be friends with one another. Sometimes those little things, you go, oh, man, I like that too. And all of a sudden you have something to talk about with somebody that you never knew you would even be able to relate to in the first place. This is Brian for Curiosity Continuum. I'm going to put a comma here. Please tune in for the next episode and for the next, not only in our series of conversations together, but in some of our solo episodes, so you kind of get different facets of who the people are at the table. Thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.